Hello, it's Dr. Dan Guerra coming to you from Authentic Biochemistry Studios in the beautiful inland Pacific Northwest of the magnificent United States of America. Today is the 18th of September in the year 2020. Um, as promised, we're going to be continuing with our discussion of T-cells and driving this discussion towards an understanding of aging in humans. And so we, where we just left off was a pretty deep dive into the regulation of T-regulatory cells and how they manifest with different transcription factors, growth factors, cytokines, um, to eventually distribute into multiple lineages. So we're going to follow along on that um, descriptive um, uh, lecture, but we're also going to now uh, talk more and more about how T cells are associated with immunosenescence, which of course is the aging process of the immune system, right? So let's just go right to it. So during aging, this is where we left off uh, last time. The thymus, remember, goes through uh, a, a, essentially a progressive atrophy. So it, you get a reduction in thymic mass. This is over time. So the, the size of the thymus and the number of thymocytes diminishes because they don't regenerate. And what happens is you get a, a lot of remodeling of the structure of the thymus itself. So recall, if you do go back, go back to your anatomy days, or if you are not someone that has had human anatomy, particularly uh, CNS anatomy recently or ever, I will tell you the thymus has two primary compartments. It's got the cortex and the medulla. In between the cortex and medulla, there is a zone that is called the corticomedullary junction, or also known as the CMJ. The two compartments themselves contain specialized thymic epithelial cells. Those are called TECs. And then they have the cortical thymic epithelial cells. Those are called CTECs, small c. You also get then, of course, the medullary TECs or MTECs. All of those are associated with cellular compartments and they're responsible for different stages of thymus and thymocyte development and then selection process for the T cells, the naive T cells that are going to be generated from this manufacturing system. Now, regarding thymic microstructure, the aged involuted thymus in addition to this decline in TECs, remember those are thymic epithelial cells, okay? So there's an overall decline in those. What else happens? You get also an accumulation of different types of thymic cells that are going to have a loss of a terminal differentiation into the lineages that we're most used to, such as the Th1, Th2, Th17 helper cells and effector cells, and also the professional Treg cells. So you get an overchange in the microstructure of the thymus, and, and that's probably because the aging process causes a disintegration of the membrane at that CMJ, right? That's the corticomedullary junction. And that results, of course, in a disorganization. And then there's a decline in the MHC class 2 high-expressing TECs. 
and that ultimately develops a reduction in mature medullary TEC. So this is believed to be the etiology of the aging that's going on in the thymus itself. So we're at that point. So the status of the thymus Tregs and the peripheral Tregs is, of course, controlled by lots of different mechanisms. And ultimately, that's going to influence all the other T cells and their functions, right? So, and that means the entire immune system is going to be altered because of this thymic uh, aging process, right? This atrophy, this involution that's going to change the subpopulations of all of these T uh, medullary. TECs, uh, and that will ultimately then lead to all the way downstream an entire effect on the immune system. So that's why this they, people believe are linked directly to aging, because this means the entire immune system is ultimately going to be associated with this aging of T cells, because T cells end up doing basically everything with the innate and the acquired immune response. As I'm sure you're well aware of, if you've been listening to the last years of my lectures in immunology from from this source. So there's a key event in postnatal ontogeny uh, that ultimately relates again to thymic involution. It's progressive and it, it's a decline in the differentiation and indeed in the peripheral expansion of what we simply just call naive T cells. The thymic epithelium annually loses an average of anywhere from three to five percent of its mass and the production of new T cell clones drops considerably even at the age of 35. So by, by middle age, 35 to 50 years old, you're getting a rapid decline in the production of new T-cell clones. Now, there are estimates out there in the literature. So you get total number of naive lymphocytes generated through thymopoiesis is reduced probably threefold from that middle age period by the time a person reaches 70 to 80 years of age. Generation of new thymic Treg clones will decline with age due to this thymic involution or atrophy. Uh, and yet, researchers have found that there's a capacity for T Tregs to be generated. And it appears that that smaller fraction is not impaired with aging. Okay? So there's always some thymic Tregs, uh, that is naive Tregs being synthesized, that is being generated can be that thymic atrophy promotes the thymic Treg cell differentiation and thymic output of TTregs. And that may affect ultimately, of course, the peripheral Treg pool directly in the elderly. But any further confirmation of what's going on with the TTreg uh, slow production as aging occurs is yet to really been worked out in the scientific literature with experimentation. So the total number of peripheral T cells remains fairly constant, though, throughout life, despite that involution of the thymus. And there's also a lot of peripheral mechanism that is involved in that, right? And that includes pools of circulating T cells and the production of T memory cells, which we've already gotten into with the lectures. Now, one of the pathways for peripheral Treg cell differentiation is the conversion of the CD4 positive, CD25 negative T lymphocytes. And they are basically then are converted to 
CD4 positive, CD25 positive peripheral, Tregs. It doesn't appear that aging increases the conversion of the conventional T lymphocytes, that is the naive CD4s, to Tregs. It doesn't appear that that, in, that aging increases that conversion at all, which again is paradigmatic to this overall quiescence of T lymphocyte production as you age. However, the conversion of T cells um, might occur somewhat, let's just call it, with inefficiency. Another possible source of the peripheral Tregs, and this is from murine studies, is the peripheral pool of these memory T cells. So they have a pleiotropic, phenotypic, and functional characteristic, which actually are similar to naive Tregs. Okay, but with different transcription factors and growth factors and pro and anti-inflammatory cytokines being generated and regulating of those pathways. There's an age-related thymic involution, as we've been saying, but yet there's an increase in antigen load as one ages. So that results in a decline in the number of short-lived naive cells because they become terminally differentiated after interacting with, say, a dendritic cell. But you also get a simultaneous increase in the number of these long-lived memory T-cells. Okay? So like the total T-cell population, the Tregs are divided into those subpopulations I talked about last lecture. They're based on the developmental stages. You have the naive Tregs, which remember are CD45RA positive, and then the memory Tregs, which are called CD45RA. O positive, right? So in adults, 80 to 95% of all the FOXP3 Tregs, FOXP3 members the major transcription factor for that lineage, express the memory cell marker CD45RO+. Okay? That's the bulk, 80 to 95%. Now during the aging, the number of CD45RA plus Tregs then, that must mean they decline, and they do. And therefore, uh, without serendipity, but with uh, some kind of direct correlation, the number of CD45RO positive Tregs goes up. It jacks up with aging. Okay, so that all makes sense. Now, a paper published in Brain Behavior and in Immunology, 2018, October uh, that year, volume 73, page 546, tells us the following. Adaptive immunity undergoes substantial changes with normal aging, and that includes a progressive shift in the cellular composition of the T-cell compartment that we just talked about. What, what, what is it, what's happening is a marked diminution of the naive T-cells and an increase in these effector memory T-cells. Now, you get also CD8-positive cells. This process is largely attributed to the combination of a gradual decline for the CDA population, too, of thymic output, which is, of course, the source of the entire naive T-cell pool. And then there's a cumulative exposure across life, of course, to foreign pathogens and antigens. One of these uh, pathogens that most people will encounter throughout life is cytomegalovirus, or CMV. That will lead to a steady state accumulation of memory T cells to CMV. 
Now, the capacity to regulate the production, the maintenance, and the function of these T cells in peripheral blood is, of course, critical to maintaining overall adaptive immunity. And at the same time, you're getting some of these viruses like CMV, which are coordinating the specific type of T cells that are being formed, right? That's really important to understand here is that every time you get an immunization, okay, you are tunneling and funneling a specific differentiation motif towards B cell and T cell populations that are going to be associated with the production of that foreign antigen that was the component of the vaccination upon immunization with specific, uh, say, dead cells or dead virus or bacterial cell walls or whatever the, the vaccination happens to be. So you're directing a specific lineage of T cells. Now, this is happening at the same time that you're getting thymic involution over time. And remember, thymic involution means a direct effect on T cells. And what I'm telling you is T cells are the master organizer of the entire immune response, both the innate and the acquired. So with the innate macrophage lineage, dendritic cell lineage, cinephils, um, neutrophils, all of those innate cells are also direct, because many of them are professional antipresenting cells, even if they also carry out phagocytosis like the macrophage monocyte lineages. They all interact with T cells. And so T cells then interact with B cells and B cells, they can be eventually differentiated into plasma cells and they of course are producing antibodies. So if those of you who think always about antibody production because of foreign antigens or viral infection, that's where they come in. But you see, that's not the central player. Central player are the T lymphocytes. So this is really important for you to understand in terms of what immunizations do. They direct a differentiation towards certain lineages of memory cells that are only going to be there to involve new detection of the antigen or whatever happened to be distributed within that immunization to that T cell population. And with a diminishment of naive T cells, you can see you're gonna get an increase in T memory cells that are directed only for a few antigens, right? And this is what happens over time in humans. So here's another thing to consider. With chronic psychological stress, such as the stress associated for a caregiver, or a child with, let's say, a neurological disability, or a caregiver for an aging adult, right, such as a parent. Um, it's well known that, the, that this contributes to immune system dysregulation in the caregiver. Okay? So many papers have been published on this. And I'm not going to talk anything too specific about it, but I will tell you that what's been implicated is an accelerated immune system aging in caregivers. So why am I telling you this now when I'm basically giving you a generic understanding of aging and T-cell and thymic involution? Because this could be used as a human model, you see? So caregivers or people that have to deal with a lot of psychological stress 
um, have been described as having populations of T lymphocytes that look more like or score more like an aging or immunosenescent population beyond their normal chronological calendar years. You understand? So this psychological stress implicated for altering T cell differentiation implicated in accelerating the immune system aging in the form of immunosenescence. Okay, so whether chronic stress contributes to that shift in T cell composition, which is directly characteristic to the immunosenescence that I've already fleshed out for you in the last lecture, um, that isn't yet well established. We've got murine models, right? We've got some rat studies as well. But with the human studies, it, we haven't gotten that entire um, cloak of research anywhere near set up. We're at the level of generating hypothetical deductions and doing experiments and some of the experiments being conducted, but with, with populations that are not in cohorts, right? So these are going to be cross-sectional studies without a lot of controls, obviously. So let, what we know is a lot of observational information, right? But I'm telling you this because, again, this may well be a good model to study immunosenescence, right? So what has been shown is that people who have taken care of elderly adults with dementia or caregivers that have been ta or taking care with children, for example, with autism spectrum disorder, and therefore require them being involved in chronic care, have been shown to have fewer, fewer memory T cells of the CD8 positive, CD62 ligand, CD4 positive, CD62 ligand negative lineages. That's compared to caregivers who provided less intensive care. Okay, now that was a paper published back in 1999. Now I'm going to put in the show notes where these where, uh, some more uh, where you can look up these papers. Now in contrast, there's a percentage of naive cytotoxic T cells that were significantly lower while percentages of effector memory cytotoxic CD8 positive T cells, those are the cytotoxic lineages, the CD8, were significantly higher in a sample of people with post-traumatic stress disorder compared to non-PTSD participants. Paper published in 2009. Don't worry, I'll give you the reference in the show notes. Now, more frequent symptoms of PTSD and low Socioeconomic status have also been associated with a higher ratio of effector memory naive CD4 positive and CD8 positive T cells. Okay, so the ratio of effector to naive is elevated for PTSD in where it's been looked at. Okay, so this is again not a, not a complete analysis. So I want you to be sure that you understand that this is only so far. Um, a, an observational series of studies and it's difficult to then say okay well, I, I can give you clear-cut uh, evidence that this will end up being a good model it may well be but for right now I just want to give that especially to you clinicians who want to dig into this literature and especially for those of you that are interested in aging um, from various walks of life including psychiatry and psychology because some of this work has been done okay and it fits into the general hypothesis that the immune system is, is intimately linked to the regular 
central nervous system remodeling as one agents. Okay. Not only because of the microglial cells, but because of those ILC2s we talked about before that we find in the brain and some of them associated with some of the diseases of the elderly, like uh, those associated with dementia from uh, AD, from Alzheimer's disease. And those were, that was a couple of lectures ago I went through that. So there's various cell lineages that people have looked at. CD4 positive, CD8 positive, effector memory, uh, central memory cells, and looking at ratios of memory cells to naive cells. And basically you get more memory cells from multiple lineages. That's what's been observed. So there may be a lot of good observational data there that suggests that there are more effector memory cells of both the CD8 and CD4 population. And this may be a good model to look at for aging. But I, wanna, I want you to keep in mind a caveat. Um, many of these papers that I, there's only a few that I looked at, but many of the data that I've looked at doesn't give you any functional information. So that is, even when they tell you T-cell populations, they don't tell you, are those T-cells actually functioning according to a specific level of differentiation? In other words, are they pro-inflammatory, anti-inflammatory? Because that would require what? An entire description of the T-cell lineage, right? Transcription factors, growth factors, cytokine production, um, you know, lysosomal activity, autolysosomal activity, interaction with dendritic cells. So there isn't a lot of data on cytokines and chemokines or B-cell activation or activation interaction with antipresenting cells. No good information really in the human studies yet for growth factors, transcription factors, bioenergetics of the T-cells, and also even the studies that have been done with PTSD and with um, elder care givers and autism spectrum disorder caregivers were there other comorbid diseases? Were there people that had been taking SSRIs, for example? This is a lot of other work has to be involved. So we don't really know what the presumed linkage is, but it is an observational bit of data that people that undergo a lot of stress through life tend to have what we might want to call an enhanced aging of their immune system as it relates to T cells, particularly more T memory cells, less naive cells. Now, this could be, of course, related to thymic involution. But also on top of that, it could have to do with terminal differentiation and more of a re reduced um, production of T cells into a reduced population of T memory, memory of specific antigens probably related to stress responses, right? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's where I would be going with maybe where these studies are going to end up. Right now, it's you know we're this is spec some of it I would even call speculation, but clearly it's a it's an avenue to study because what we would like to ultimately have is a good model. If we can get a good model for studying immunosenescence in humans by studying these populations without doing any interventional studies like using modifiers, agonists and antagonists to specific receptors and seeing how those may be modified to alter T-cell um, differentiation, migration from the thymus or um, uh, movement and interaction with dendritic cells, the whole business of T-cell biology, we can at least get more observational data. And, and I think that that's probably where we're headed. And I think that's a good thing because we do need 
um, more human studies. And this would be a population that would probably be read, readily available uh, to clinicians, because there's a lot of this about in, in, uh, in our country. All right, so I want to mention a few more things. This CD8 positive T cell population is, of course, just like with the CD4 positive, comprised of its own levels of subpopulations. And we talked about these before, but just to remind you, we have TC1 and TC2, and those are similar to TH1, TH2 from the CD4 positive lineage. TC1 cells are active, though, in more direct destruction of virally infected or malignant cells, right? And during their ontogeny in the thymus and their subsequent differentiation in the secondary lymphoid tissues, CD4 positive T cells and CD8 positive T cells are also going to undergo that same sequence of complex, mechanistically distinct processes that are going to result in what? Well, they're going to result in the acquisition of either effector helper or regulatory repertoire of function. And of course, with the CD8 positive, cytotoxic activity. But that's what the CD8 cells are well known to do. So when you think about a naive CD8 positive T cell, it's going to have the CD8 membrane protein. It's going to have a T cell uh, receptor. It's going to have a CD3. Those are canonical for all of these naive T cells. And it's going to have a, uh, interact with the peptide MHC class 1 molecule on antigen presenting cells like a dendritic cell. Now that same dendritic cell, when it's interacting with a naive CD4 positive T cell, is going to be interacting with the MHC uh, 2 class module with the TCR receptor holding an antigen. And it's going to have the CD4, not the CD8, as a co-adapter molecule. So I think that you're aware of this. And I just want to make sure that you understand. It's, it, in other words, dendritic cell can interact with both CD4 and CD8 positive naive T cells, generating similar legions of T effector cells, but they are going to be differentiated on different pathways. One of the cytotoxic T lymphocytes, which are the CD8 lineage, and the other are all the T effector cells. You think about producing cytokines and chemokines for mostly pro-inflammatory responses. And those are Th1, Th2, and Th17. So I want you to keep that all in mind. If you've got two different lineage, they can both be working off of, say, even one population of antigen-presenting cells, let's say dendritic cells, right, just to make it simple. So I'm going to leave you with that right now because I want to get more involved in how CD8 positive, CD4 positive T cells interact with T regulatory cells in defining their differentiation relative to antigen presentation and the process of the pathobiology and pathobiochemistry of immunosenescence right? and immunoaging and immunoinflammation, which is what we're trying to get at today uh, and in future uh, lectures, of course. So um, I'm going to leave you with that. We're about done with this 30-minute uh, um, segment. I want to say that um, the next lecture then is going to be a follow-up of what I'm doing here. And then I'm hoping to do a good video lecture to stop, slow down, 
take a look around, see where we are, and video lectures are always better for that. They're primed for that. And then we can move directly with what we've learned in these last, I guess, maybe 12 lectures and go back into discussing senescence biology, aging biology, with now being totally armed with an understanding about T lymphocytes are functioning in that population. So that then I can refer to that without having to assume you know your T cell uh, immunology. You're going to now know this if you've listened to my lectures. And if you've read the papers, I'll make sure I get uh, more of these references uh, put in the show notes so you can look them up yourself if you want to. So anyway, this is Dr. Dan Guerra coming to you from Authentic Biochemistry Studios. Again, this is the 18th of September, 2020, late afternoon here. And uh, time for me to say bye for now.